0: jrcigars.com the world's largest cigar store we boast the internet's widest selection of premium hand-rolled cigars at the guaranteed lowest prices our reinvigorated website is fast user-friendly and offers our customers an array of unique features no access to a computer no problem download our shop jr app in the google play store or our steals and deals in the app store and you'll have access to our extensive selection at the tip of your fingers. With the fastest low-cost shipping in the industry, JR Cigars guarantees same-day shipping if you order before three. This is JRCigars.com. All of the cigars, none of the hassle.
1: Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa
0: Sensei.
2: And here we are live, Jack. Live. This Smoke show's live. live, baby. This show's live. This show's live. It's been live the whole time. Welcome to Smoke Night Live, episode 174, Jack. Whoa! Live. Welcome to my co-host, Jack Hire. Jack. Welcome going to the show. To you guys look great tonight. Um, and uh, of course our uh, producer Jordan is over there and oh, the yeah. producer's I booth. no longer have pink eye. Just clearing that, up. reporting <laughs> that to you guys. <laughs> Cleared up <laughs> no the pink eye. We've got look- a. Good studio audience. We got uh, Matt and Dominic over there hanging out. Uh, welcome, boys, as always, to the show. Big show, Jack, because our guest. is 40 feet tall. Is Well, yeah, but not, o- <laughs> but not only that, but we've, we've wanted to have this guest on for a long time. Long time. He's been on the list. And He's the greatest guy. We hang out with him all just the time. Haven't done it. We'll bring him on in a second. Um, Jack, this was a big week for you. It was, it was a big, big week for you. It was you. my first week as a dojo employee.
3: As a dojo employee, Jackie part time, official, official. I, we were sat in this garage. I typed stuff. Garage. I sent emails. In the studio. Studio. We <laughs> had this beautiful studio <laughs> um, downtown Hollywood. We gave we gave Jack a, a really good uh, first task. Yeah, I just sent all the Secret Santa emails. I only screwed up about eight to ten to 15 of so them. So
2: if, you, uh, if you're part of the... The Dojo Secret Santa thing this year was massive.
3: It was, there was, there was, a, there was it a lot. It was literally massive. It was very draining. I and literally did a victory lap after I finished all the emails. And
2: we he, we have to... We've done this every year. And I did it last year so I know how horrible this job was. That's why I pawned it off on Jack. You yeah, very first thing to do. Um, you literally have to do each one by hand because you got to like get the address of the next person and you got to. Or sometimes
3: you, I just send them their own address. Like, yeah. hey, yeah, here you go. Just send yourself some cigars.
2: But if you are signed up for the Secret Santa and you didn't get your email, I've been having some weird junk mail things. So you know, make sure you check a. Check your junk mail folder. Yep. B. You can uh, always just email Jack at jack at cigardojo.com. Yep. And he'll get you fixed up. But here's the thing. If you can, we want to send the packages. Everybody should try to send their packages between the 17th and the 19th. That's next week. Yes. So, so they all land around the same we're time, We're trying Christmas to get them week. to land about the same time so everybody's opening them. And when you get them, post them on the dojo with hashtag Secret Santa 2018 or just Secret Santa, whatever, hashtag, so that we can go through and look at them. Because if there's some especially good gifts, yeah, you know, if there's some especially good Secret Santa Prizes that got sent out. We're going to want to, we might reward you with like a, 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 a gift, a challenge coin or something oh, cool. Or
3: just, I'll send you a signed out uh, picture of
2: me. That, maybe that could, yeah, maybe. People it. just won't post on the dojo <laughs> <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> but uh, make sure that you, uh, you're prepared. And, and guys, it, you got to send, if you signed up, you have to send your thing. All right. yeah if you don't you 're going to be shunned and possibly kicked off the dojo because that 's just you're not cool. jerk that's not cool right well yeah i mean we've had
3: we've had some people say like, "Oh, I might be have a tough time sending within that window that's fine you've got to send your stuff, send it during that window, send it no matter what yeah no if matter what, going send. on, just send it send but, because
2: that's what makes it fun there's going to be literally hundreds, hundreds, and I mean that in a literal sense, hundreds of gifts landing all over the. World country in the next couple of weeks, and that's going to be fun just seeing all those all those things land, right? So yes. uh, that'll be exciting. Um, next week on the show, uh, Jack, you'll be out of town. I'm out of town. You'll be out, of, so it'll be me and Jordan, and uh, we have the guy from Bourbon R on, so we'll be talking a lot about bourbon. That sounds um, fun, Blake. And so that'll be really really cool having him on the show. Uh, we haven't had uh, a bourbon guy on yet, so we'll be talking some serious bourbon, huh, Jordan? You ready for that show? Yes. We'll be drinking cool. bourbon. Super insightful. Thanks. Talking uh, <laughs> yeah. Talking bourbon, drinking Jordan, bourbon. Why are you your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, posting things. Hey, Jack. Jeez. Today Today was a rough day for me. I had jury duty this morning. Yeah, I heard about that. I had jury duty. And you know what? What's your I, strategy? I was dreading jury duty. I was dreading it. And then you got in but there. But then when I got in there, I was excited. I was thinking, you know what? I've watched every episode of Forensic Files. Just you know, show me some blood. You, spatter. Would you be like the twelve? Ang- you be like spatter. the twelve
3: angry men guy that like everyone's oh, yeah. like everyone's like <laughs> this guy's guilty did the rights and you'd be like,
2: wait a minute, <laughs> did you see the blood spatter? Did you see the blood spatter? <laughs> we nope. gotta let the boy live. Unfortunately, I they you know I got excused.
3: Tell us all about the case. Yeah, uh, well it was <laughs> no I can't <laughs>
2: I can't tell you about the case but I'm, Just, I was. I was so ready, man. I was so ready. I was so ready. You to wanted to you wanted to prosecute. I, I wanted to share some of my <laughs> some of my forensic knowledge, you know, on the show. You've
3: seen enough forensic files that you could
2: probably uh, solve it. I was I already could have I <laughs> I just by looking at the defendant, I solved the case. Oh, I just loo- I looked th- at the hands. That's racist somehow. I looked at the hands I could see there was some scarring, you know, <laughs> I knew I knew instantly. That, that was probably the fist that punched. But anyways, uh uh All right, so hey, let's bring our guest on. Oh yeah, uh, anyway, we have a guest, folks. One of the most interesting cats in in the entire entire industry. This guy has uh, a a really interesting path into the business and an interesting, you know, just story in general. Um, Plus, like you said, Jack, he's. Definitely the largest human we've ever had on the we show. We couldn't. We had a.
3: We had the monopod at IPCPR, and we had to like like we had turn to, whole, it to like lift, <laughs> lift
2: it up. He had to hold the monopod like this just to get his face in in the he's shot. Done, well,
3: that's the thing. He's done so many interesting, amazing things,
2: and we're just like he's also tall. <laughs> <laughs> but let's bring him on the show, Omar. Welcome to Smoke Night Live, brother. How are you doing, Eric
1: and Jack? I am beyond excited to be here with you guys for the first time here at the. Uh, Smoke Night Live. Man. Wow, I've, uh, I've we're excited fan, to have you, man. 34 episodes. Congrats.
2: Yeah, we're 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 inching towards that 200 mark. Wow. Um, but awesome. hey, man, uh, Omar, <laughs> the, the your story. Now we haven't had you on the show before, so usually no. when we have a, a first time guest, we like to talk a little bit about, you know, the, a little bit about the history because you have you have a really really interesting story that brings you into this. I mean. You played professional basketball in the Dominican Republic. I didn't even know that. He played. And, and then you end up working for NASA. And then you end up going full-time into the business. So maybe you can kind of give us a little bit of a, a history of Omar and how you got involved in Fratella Cigars. And, uh, you know, give us a feel for, for, for your your backstory.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first of all, guys, I'm beyond excited to, uh, to join you guys today. I have a funny story because somebody uh, – Email me today, and uh, and he said, "Hey, listen, uh, you asked me. I met this guy in Germany about uh, two months, three months, three months ago or so. It's in September, and uh, and I told him in one of my events that I was having there, is like, hey, you know, I hope you enjoy the inverse, and so you let me know what you think. And uh, and you know, three months, you know, after that happened, and uh, never heard from the guy. And today, I get this email from this gentleman, and says." Omar, I met you in Cologne, in Germany, and you asked me to, uh, to to tell you my thoughts on the Fratello Navetta Inverso, and here are my thoughts. And then at the very end, he said, "Good luck tonight with the guys at the dojo." Uh-huh. So I was like, "Okay, there the guys go. have a reach." Oh,
2: yeah. Sense of sea. See, we got so. all the way over to Germany. Yeah, we. Yeah, you know, it's worldwide, baby. It's worldwide. Which is, which it's worldwide. Mr. Pitbull thinks he's Mr. <laughs> <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> it's us. Um, they the dojo. <laughs> Dale. It it's Mr. Three O Three.
1: So so no, I uh, I'm super excited, uh, Eric and Jack and uh, and the crew to uh, to be joining you today. So I'll tell you guys a little bit about the history. Tell your uh, I know you guys know uh, obviously you know some of the uh, some of the background, but I, uh, I I got into this industry, man, because I uh, you know back in the Dominican Republic, I sort of grew up next to a retail shop. In Santo Domingo Dominican Republic okay and um and while I was you know literally right next to my house I smelled tobacco I would smell cigar smoke and it was a retail shop right so uh my grandpa used to smoke there I would go there all the time I was 15 years old bouncing my basketball because that's all I did back in the day play ball
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh and I would you know I would try to come in because I was just fascinated I was fascinated by the lifestyle was fascinated by the big hats and nice cars. I was seeing my grandpa. There was sort of like an emotional attachment to that whole thing. And so, you know, he would come home after a couple of cigars and you can smell after he give you a kiss. So that whole thing for me was very emotional. I smoked my first cigar I was probably 17 years old. So I've been smoking cigars for a long, 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 long time. And so um, my career path took me through different areas. Uh, one of those areas was. I uh, I was uh, part of the national team in the Dominican Republic for basketball. Like I said, it was one of my passions. It was my only passion for the longest time. What? Wait, uh, wait,
2: before you go on there, give us a feel for the, the 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 national team in the Dominican Republic. I mean, who did you guys play against? Yeah, did you get to right. play any? So
1: I was in the smaller, I was in the below 18 years old. Mm-hmm. All um, right. So it wasn't, it wasn't the uh, like, a U18 the, like team. The official national team. Like I was under 18 years old. And after that, I was like under 21. Um, so I, by, by that time I hadn't even made it at the pro, at the professional level in the DR, but um, it was great, man. I mean, we freaking play with like Puerto Rico, Cuba, Costa Rica, Honduras. I mean, we would play against all of these teams and, I was always the odd guy out because the Dominicans. I'm sure you've been to the Dominican Republic before. They're not the tallest people on (laughs) earth, right? So here I am at at 17, 18 years old, at six foot six, six foot seven, 270 pound kid. I, people are asking me, like, did you just bring this guy from? The US? Like, <laughs> I
3: like, am Dominican. Here in the Dominican
1: Republic. I mean, it was the weirdest. Written in thing. crayon. <laughs>
3: I am Dominican. I even
1: had, I even had a, the funniest thing in the world. Is like uh, when I was was about, as I was about to be pro. Um, there was a huge article that came out on me in uh, the newspaper in the Dominican Republic, and I remember, the, it was so funny because my brother, my youngest brother he would read the paper in the bathroom every day that's what he does and he came out running He's like oh my oh my you're in the paper you're in the paper cuz it was huge we're talking like half an entire page and all thing well that's, they it. had to use that much just to fit you in the page
3: <laughs> <laughs> like we can't shrink him down that much we got to
1: I've changed quite a bit but in there he made a he made a comment that was very very true to You know, I I'm I'm a a I'm I'm the son of a Dominican father and a Puerto Rican woman, right? And so, um, they it's it's you know we don't we don't develop into six foot nine human beings. That's just the bottom line, okay? So as I was uh, as he was making this article about me, and after that, it was just it would just went haywire. I mean, I I started a lot of games and whatnot. People were just like, I was that guy. You know what I mean? I was like the odd guy out. Every time I would get into a car, it would be like, hey, you know, you're, you're that kid. You're the, you're, you're, oh. you're the tall kid from the U.S. So people would think that I'm from the U.S., although I'm Dominican as hell. <laughs> and I am literally getting into like this public transportation and just handling like everybody else. People had this perception because this guy had made a comment that, you know, although he looks like, uh, and I'm going to use the phrase because it's a phrase very common in Dominican Republic. Uh, he Although he looks like a Dominican York, which is a Dominican that is born in New York, mm-hmm. okay? And they tend to be bigger, they tend to be taller. Although he looks like a Dominican, York, the guy was from here. He was raised in. He was born in Dominican Puerto Rico, but raised in the Dominican Republic by Dominican parents and whatnot. So it was a very, very big, big deal. Uh, um, so, so you can imagine the amount of. Uh, uh, you know, interesting comments. The, I've the day from my you
2: life. showed up for practice, your coach must have just been like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> no, it
3: thank was you, insane, Jesus, man. <laughs> I, had, I, I
1: landed. I was playing uh, um, uh, in a four A ho- high school bo- basketball here, and I uh, I got a scholarship to go to Grand Canyon University in Arizona, and uh, and I, I decided to go back home because they had offered me a scholarship in the, in the Dominican Republic as well, and the potential of playing professional basketball. So I'm saying this is perfect. So uh, I went back home and when I went to the first practice, my dad took me um, because he had known some of these guys and they were already asking questions about when I would come back. And so when they saw me, they were like, what? the hell <laughs> is this everybody else was like the tallest dude was like six foot one but You can imagine if there was so you weren't you weren't playing port,
3: point guard back then they weren't gonna <laughs> yeah, they exactly. were gonna flex you down
1: and i wasn't even a center i mean they forced me to be a center which i think is what uh riddled me with a lot of injuries because i ended up going through a lot a lot of injuries like i didn't get a chance to play a lot um, uh, because of the amount of injuries that I was going through. They transferred me from a power forward to a center. And that's not an easy transition. No. If you play ball, man, you play in front of the basket. You know what I mean? You're trying to make those moves here and there. When you're playing the center, you have to sort of adapt. So a lot of, st- long story short, that was a big passion. Mm-hmm. A big part of my life was, uh, was, was basketball. And uh, But when I got injured, man, I decided to, uh, to go to, you know, to double down on schoolwork. Uh, yeah. I got well, my you MBA, took the natural path of a
3: lot of people on the Dominican national team and, joined, and you eventually ended up at NASA, right? Was that, was <laughs> yeah. that kind of the norm? <laughs>
1: <laughs> sort of the normal transition for everybody yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's a
3: natural path. Like, look, son, you're on the Dominican national team. Now, it's, now, time it's, time to now it's time to go to NASA.
2: Yeah how how yeah, do, you, I mean, how, so, do you, how do you go from you know playing ball to uh working at NASA helping you know send you know rockets into space and yeah, and rovers yeah, so, on Mars
1: So dude it was it was very interesting because I um so so the truth be told all I wanted to be was a little bit different so I can get a good job that that is a, the reality Oh my passion all the way through I was like 2021 20, was basketball was my life that's all I wanted to do but I was always a good student, so I ended up, you know, doing very well in school. And then I graduated and I said, "Let me try to find a job." And I tried to find a job, and it was always like lowest-paying jobs in the world. And I was like, "All right, so maybe I gotta go to school again." I mean, so let me go to. Uh, so I applied. I went to RIT upstate New York, and I got in. And I uh, and and I I I got out around 2001, 2002. Um, you know, as you know, that was the time where the economy was dropping, no jobs, nothing was happening. So I tried to get a job and. You know, I got a commission work. So I'm like, all right, so what do I do? I got to get an MBA. So I literally, it was every single thing was for me, like, how do I make myself and my my resume a little bit better so that I can get a job, right? Right. So I went to uh, I went to the University of Puerto Rico. My father went to school. That was his alma mater. My uh, my brother went to school there. My uh, cousins went to school there. So I was like, all right, let me just make sense. The like, old oh, guys, great job. My work my brother was working at Accenture, making hundred grand. My uh, my other, my my cousin was working for Sara Lee Corporation. Another brother was working for Haynes. I mean, it was a, it was incredible. So I decided to go to the Puerto Rico. Waited, uh, did my MBA in about two years, and then NASA came on uh, uh, to do a corporate recruitment effort mm. in the University of Puerto Rico to get some of those guys, some of the MBA students that would usually go to Procter and Gamble, or so the world's uh, mm. IBM. So it was a very—they very, actually called it a corporate recruitment to sort of steal these guys away from these national firms that were paying them sixty-five, seventy, seventy-five thousand to bring it down to get into a GS nine level, making forty thousand dollars a year, which is what I ended up doing. So NASA, out uh, of over 400 people that applied, ended up choosing two people: one to go to Florida, just um, a, still a good friend of mine, and then me to go to uh, uh, Washington D.C. And that's how I ended up there. Mm.
2: Wow, that is insane. So, you know, that's it's like the American dream yeah. crossed with the, I mean, the 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 the, uh, the, uh, the uh, fact that you, the Dominican kid, sort of like, you know, worked hard and ended yeah. up where you were at the time. That's what everybody dreams about doing, like yeah. something yeah. like that. That's
3: you were at NASA for quite a long time, right? How long were you? Yeah, doing?
1: twelve years. Twelve. And years. then
3: you take the the most natural step after NASA. They say, "Hey, look, you've done your time at NASA. <laughs> now it's time to go start your own cigar company." <laughs> how did these jumps? How, like, how do? You, what were your like? What did your family say? What was that? What was that transition like? Because so like there's,
1: so. There was a lot of craziness in the process, sure. guys. Because uh, in 2013, um, so. As I, when I got into NASA, again, I'm, although I'm very goal oriented, I, 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 I can be goal oriented towards the first year, year and a half, what happens then. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in two and a half years, man. Sure. I just need to know that I'm going to work my ass off for this particular goal. And it's going to be within a year. So I got into the government as a GS9, which is like uh, the equivalent of basically, you know, very low level management, not even management. I mean, so we're talking like, you know, so so, the federal government works from a GS1, which is the lowest level in the federal government, to a GS15 being the highest level, um, more responsibilities, highest paid employee, right? And then after that, there's the senior executive service, which tend to be sort of like the political appointees by Donald Trump or mm-hmm. Obama or whatnot, plus the people that do service for the government that have been around for a long time. So I got in as a GS9, and uh, all I wanted to do, man, was just rise up the ranks every single year. So I started saying, okay, so how do I get to an eleven uh, the year after you know after this year? It's like, oh, you got to do this and that. Okay, so I did it. So how do I make it to a twelve? It's like, oh, you got to make it this, this, and that. And it's like, okay, I did that. So by the time I was thirty years old, man, I was the youngest GS fifteen the agency for a for a Hispanic or minority had ever seen. Mm-hmm. There was only other three people that were in the agency, uh, and two of them were already in California in Silicon Valley that they had to hire them at a very high level to get they retain that talent. And then there was me. So I was like, okay, so got there, done. I'm bored out of my mind after three years. I don't know what the <laughs> hell to do. I'm thinking, what do I do? It's like, well, I uh, I went into a little spiral where I was trying to figure out if I wanted to sort of leave the government, if I wanted to do um, my own business, if I wanted to start my own contracting business because I'd already had a lot of experience in contracts. Um, and uh, I, got, I got across this particular uh, um, speech um, by uh, Steve Jobs that said, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. Mm. And um, and that impacted the hell out of me, man. I was smoking a cigar too by the time that I was actually reading that. It was outside of my deck and it allowed me to really sink in that message. And so, you know, fast forward 2013, I already had a couple of years under my belt. This is GS-15. I was like, okay, so I'm pretty much bored. What do I do? So let me figure out what are the things that I love. And I love a lot of things there are two that I enjoy quite a lot, which is alcohol <laughs> and cigars. Yeah, okay? I mean,
2: hey, yeah.
3: So
1: alcohol has way too much of a of a, of a, uh, uh, difficult access to market. So I said, let me go with cigars. I started studying in 2013. I launched my brand at the IPCPR, and uh, and the rest is history. Man.
2: I remember seeing your brand at the IPCPR that year, and I it caught my attention because the uh the band was sort yeah. of diagonal. Yeah, it's well branded it's very well branded and I was thinking was this like an Italian company yeah. you know That's or something right. like that and um but that was really good that was really smart of you uh the it, it for whatever reason that branding i think caught a lot of people's eyes and since that time um now you've quit NASA and you're full time doing cigars. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, I mean
1: it's been it's been. Uh, I was I was in NASA for about twelve years. I did Fratello in NASA for about three and a half years. What's funny is a lot of people who look at me as I came out of uh, as I was working and, uh, and doing all of these travels, I was traveling every single week, Eric, every single week. And you know this because you saw me on the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jack, you saw me on the road as well, man. I've been on the road for a long time. And a lot of people thought this is my full time job. I was working in NASA Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I was pulling in 12 hour days so that I can have every Friday off, Saturday off, mm-hmm. and I can literally enjoy the week and come back home on Sunday and repeat it the week after that. And so, you know, fast fast forward from 2013 to 16, three and a half years in, I was like, okay, so I made enough money that I can quit my job and pay for my house. I think that's good enough. So let's see where this goes. Yeah. And-
2: now, your first cigar, who, was that made at Hoya, the very first? Yes. One? So how did you hook up with uh, Hoya de Nicaragua?
1: So the way I got to Hoya was I went to the Dominican Republic because obviously, the, you know, what a Dominican kid would do if they're trying yeah. to start a cigar company is go to the Dominican oh, Republic, sure. right? Sure. So I went to the DR, and I, uh, and I, I got my dad had told his, his wife that uh, I, was, I was in the Dominican Republic looking into opening a cigar business. And she, very interesting story, she is the owner of a lot of dealerships that have to deal with Volkswagen and Audi in the, in the entire country. She's like the, um, mm. the, represent, the representative right. for all the whole things. One of her employees was Jose Blanco's daughter.
3: Really? Really?
1: Yes, yes. I said really. Really? So, <laughs> everybody
3: was like, really? really? <laughs> I love
1: it. So it's true. And so he calls me up from Nicaragua. I'm in the DR. And he says, "Hey, I hear you're uh, you're looking to do something. Uh, they put me in contact with you. My daughter said that you're looking to do this and that." I'm like, "Hey, yeah, man. I mean, any type of information will come a long way because I have, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I know I love cigars. Did, you do, did he make you do I a I blending session? I have no idea what I want to get into. Do I do a brand? Do I get into manufacturing? Do I do distribution? Do I get into retail? I have no idea, right? But I had, I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had a sense." or oh, what I was searching for. And this was way back end of 2011, beginning of 2012. And so he says, you need to come to Nicaragua. And I said, well, it's a little weird. I'm a Dominican guy. I'm trying to launch a brand here, bro. And uh, I'm going to Nicaragua. Do you think there's going to be looked upon me? He's like, well, I mean, you'll be fine. And then I started thinking to myself, like, maybe it's the United Nations of cigars. The brand is called Fratello, which is Italian. You got the whole thing with the uh, Nicaragua by Dominican guy. The United Nations of cigars. So I'll go with that. <laughs> So I go to Nicaragua, I make a presentation to Juan Ignacio, to uh, El Doctor Martinez Cuenca, um, to Jose, to the rest of the team at Hoya, mm-hmm. And I said, here's why you guys need to do a cigar for me. They weren't doing a cigar for anyone, guys. Because ha- at that time, and I think hey. it was Steve Saka that was part of the decision and, and, and other leadership of, uh, of Drew Estate had prohibited uh, by contract to uh, Hoya de Nicaragua to be able to allow me uh, or allow anyone to do cigars and let them know that it was coming from Hoya. So they felt that somehow there was the, whatever brand would come out of Hoya because they were just through a straight, true estate was distributing, could come, potentially compete with it. Mm. So um, they told me, keep it hush hush. You know, don't tell anyone we're doing this cigar for you, but we're going to do it for you. So I said, great. I launched a, a cigar with 30,000 cigars. Wow. Probably uh, one of the ballsiest moves there is. But I said to myself, "Hey, what's the worst that can happen? At least I got thirty thousand cigars that I love. That I know I'll smoke for the rest of my life." You know.
2: I think at the time, you know, what what you didn't you didn't know was. Um they were just looking. They were they were forming their house basketball team at the time. <laughs> yeah, they were like, look, look like this right, guy I have the cigar. This guy.
1: We won't even put him at center. We can use a power forward. <laughs> yeah. We could use. They can't deal with all this, man. They cannot. It's but, too much. It's too much height, man. If the Dominicans are if the Minigas are short, sure, you mad I me. Mean, my man in the garage was, man. I love, them. but they're definitely short than like the real tr- of Dominicans <laughs> are.
2: You know, I I, I I wonder when you told the basketball story, but it was like. What, what, was the, what was the team? I hate to get back to this now. I'm changing the subject. <laughs> what was the team like you were like, oh, geez, we're playing, we're playing Cuba. These guys are tough. Was it like the, the Hondurans? I mean, who were you afraid of at that point?
1: Man, they're Cubans, bro. they Cubans and <laughs> they Puerto were dirty. Ricans. Elbows. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the, between the Puerto Ricans and the
1: Cubans, <laughs> man, we'll lose. Uh. At Puerto, Rican, Puerto Ricans and, and, and Dominicans have a, a longstanding uh, rivalry because a lot of Dominicans tend to travel to Puerto Rico They tend to no, they do. Now it's actually the other way around. A lot of Puerto Ricans are coming to the island because the conditions in Puerto Rico are so bad. But there was so much traveling. They hated us. Anybody (laughs) who's doing immigration to another country, my man, they hate you. That's just the bottom line. The Haitians, we hate the Haitians because the Haitians are coming to the Dominican Republic. (laughs) The uh, Dominicans are coming to Puerto Rico. The Puerto Ricans hate the Dominicans. It's just how it is.
2: You know, so know, um,
1: it was it was the Puerto Ricans. For
2: sure. That's one thing that nobody has ever asked me to be on is is the, uh, the, is the basketball, basketball team. The traveling basketball Darn team. Well, it. speaking of traveling,
1: you'll be in my <laughs>
3: team,
2: Eric. You'll be in my team. My <laughs> I I could I yeah I might be able to shoot like one three pointer out of thirty. I'm mm-hmm. one, I'm one for thirty at least.
3: Speaking of traveling, <laughs> oh, it's a basketball. You're uh, not reference. in my team
2: anymore. <laughs> no, no, you don't want you don't want me. You don't want me.
3: Speaking of traveling, Omar, you are a real traveler. You're everywhere. It seems like you travel yeah. and it seems like you're one of the guys like there's a lot of guys in the cigar industry that are like, traveling, man, it's what we It seems like you really enjoy it. And like I want to yeah. ask one silly question and then have you answer my serious question. What in the world is it like for you on a plane? Like you gotta upgrade to like <laughs> business class, right? Or like first class like what if you're in coach, how does that even work?
1: Dude, it's um, it's uh, it's 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 counting. It's counting the minutes, um, <laughs> oh my God. the like gets off and lands <laughs> and I'm off of that tube. To me, um, I travel a combination of first class and business class, and you know exit uh, rows and exit rows and, and whatnot. Um, I don't have this pretentiousness that I have to travel all the time and this or that. I don't give a flying ass. I just want to know if it's like over $800 and there's a huge difference. I'm not going to fire for Scott's. I'm going to fly coach. So, but when I don't, what ends up happening is if I don't do this in advance and I end up never always doing this, if I do this later on, man, I get stuck in a middle seat. And guys, The middle seat is hell. I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine.
3: I am like an inch away from being totally miserable. And you are seven inches taller than me. I can't even imagine what that looks like from a leg perspective.
1: Where do they even go? Oh, it's a disaster. Man. I mean, yeah. so he, I'm a brux. I fit
2: nicely. Like, I, yeah, you could, you could you could lay down, You could curl up like a little. I I do. I I, I could cat. stretch my legs out <laughs> all the way. So I got a
1: funny story. I'm coming back from visiting one of my accounts in Sacramento. It's called Briar Patch over there, and uh, and I ended up getting uh, um, uh, a different ticket so I could come back home a little earlier. But it was in the middle seat, and I was like. Fuck, I don't want to do that. Sorry guys. I said, screw, it. I don't wanna do that. Let me get in the middle seat. So fine, I got in. I knew coming into that plane that I was going to be miserable. I knew it. I just had the feeling. <laughs> and it wasn't just the it wasn't just a fact that I was all the way to the end and it was a middle seat. It was the fact that I knew two <laughs> big dudes were going to be right there. And sure enough, they saw me coming and I saw them. They're, you can see in the yeah, face. The fa- like, just the disappointment. No, no. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't sit. <laughs> don't He's be- going to the bathroom early. <laughs> oh, my God. And then it was like this. Right? I mean, four and a half hours of pain.
3: <laughs> Talk about your travel experiences. I mean... And you could also mention you have a show coming out soon. Talk about both of those things. I'm excited to hear about both your, your love of traveling and what is coming from you
1: from YouTube. So what I so one of the things I love the most about about traveling really is is landing okay so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is landing uh, into my destination and uh, and, and I, I, my biggest kick man is every time I go to an event or every time I go to a shop and I see people smoking my cigar it just it, it really does bring it home for me that the uh, efforts that I've done for so many years to be able to put my brand on people's hands sort of pays off so that it really that's where it really drives me. Um, but I decided I, I, I got this idea last year about how can I utilize my travel in uh, more effectively and figure out a way to bring something that's cool and unique from the manufacturing standpoint. There's a lot of uh, shows from uh, retailers like the Cigar Authority. You guys have uh, you know smoking. You have the guys from Tucson. You have a whole lot of guys that are doing a lot of stuff on the, on the on the retailer front, but not a whole lot of guys that are doing it on the manufacturing front. So I said. Why don't I take advantage of my travel and do something very unique? Since I go to so many different places, I've been in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cities, right? You know, all over the world as well. How can I bring something very unique? So I decided to come up with a show that we're going to be releasing hopefully next week. So you guys are uh, are getting the, the premiere on this whole oh, thing. Oh, nice, nice. It's called Imperfect Pairings, and uh, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be launched next week, and it's a show about all of my travels and basically into a condensed version where I pair my cigars. Uh, with something unique, so I paired my cigars with uh, uh, something as unique as Palinka, which is a distil from f- the fruits out of uh, Budapest in Hungary, and I paired my cigars with crackers and uh, tomato sauce from a place called Fratellos in South Carolina. So I've done <laughs> the whole spectrum. I have shows from all over the world. I have shows from Mosul where I'm doing wine. I am just shows from England where I'm doing tea. So there's a lot of different things just to bring to the consumer. Um, something that's very popular in a particular region. And, uh, and who knows? Maybe a dirty martini can pair well with a cigar. So oh. that's the kind of stuff that we do.
2: Mm. Hey, Dojo, so uh, here's the deal. We're going to take a commercial break, but when we get, we get back, we're going to yes. talk about some of the specific cigars. Omar has one of the more interesting cigar releases, the Nevetta yes. and the Inverso. That's an interesting concept that I want to get Tease Omar's it. Take, take on. It, sort of like it's like a inverse of the blend of the original cigar. And by the way, the Nevetta was outstanding, absolutely amazing cigar. Loved it very, <coughs> very much. Um, but if you guys have questions for Omar, you'll uh, ask him after we get back from the break. With hashtag AskDojo, we'll ask uh, Omar. And then we're going to have our weekly top five, which is Jack. This is one of our favorite topics. Yeah, don't of all even time. don't
3: tease this one. We've teased. No. We've teased enough. No. want to tease. This it? is the this is one of the best ones ever.
2: All right. So when we get back, we'll do weekly top five, and we'll we'll ask uh, Omar about the Navetta and the Inverso because I think you guys are going to really find this to be one of the more interesting cigar concepts, concepts, projects that you're ever going to hear about, and one that you're going to want to try, especially after we explain to you uh, what the deal is with the cigar. So we'll be back in about uh, one minute. So hang with us.
0: Here at SeriousCigars.com, we specialize in premium high-end and boutique cigars, along with carrying a wide selection of the most popular cigar brands around. We have an array of premium cigars, accessories, humidors, cutters, and lighters. When new products hit the market, SeriousCigars.com is the first to have them available for sale. We offer a variety of promotions to all of our customers, as an added bonus, Order by 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and your order ships the very same day. Our best in-class customer service team can help with whatever you need. We are SeriousCigars.com. You live a cigar lifestyle? Do you have a passion for fine beer, premium spirits, and old cuisine? If so, you are in the right place. This is Cigars.com. What makes Cigars.com unique It's not only its superb selection of premium cigars, but the fact that it is powered by you. We will showcase special deals and features, along with tips and tricks from industry experts to enhance your cigar lifestyle. A new era in cigars have arrived, and it starts here.
2: All right, Jack. We are back. Smoke Night Live, episode 174. If you're just joining us, we have Omar De Frias on the show from Fratella Cigars. Uh, we've been talking, A, about his history, a very unique history in the, in the industry, and uh, you know some of the r- more interesting cigars, but the one uh, Omar that I want to talk with you about is the Nevetta, which you released last year, and then this year the Inverso, and so it's sort of like a
3: f- look at that
2: a flipped blend. It's um, it's a it's a sexy looking cigar too. It, might I say it that. is a sexy looking cigar. Explain to the audience what the concept is there. So
1: a couple of things. So uh, Naveta was born out of uh, what it was supposed to be a limited edition cigar uh, for our company. And uh, I had blended the cigar well back in the day. I knew I wanted to use this uh, high-priming um, uh, Ecuador uh, Oscuro wrapper. Uh, but what was unique about this blend was one component. It was the filler tobacco from Nicaragua. It was a single farm, single-origin tobacco that we had found. And in that particular cigar, uh, in that particular tobacco, the guys at the factory were just raving about it. They were talking about it. And I ended up having to be in the factory at the moment they were having this conversation. And it was a, um, a co-op that Joya de Nicaragua had done to uh, purchase this, this tobacco. And it was only exclusive to them. So I said, you know, let me let me get a let me get a sense out of this whole thing. So we burned a couple, you know, we smelled it. It was it was it was right on point. The the leaves were oily. It was perfection. So I said, can I use this? And I said, yes. Yeah, you know, it's got, there's some limited you know production that we have, but we're growing and we're going to continue to be able to supply. So I said, okay. So let me save it. Let me age it for a little while. Let me figure out when to release it. So I bought a whole bunch of it. And, um, and, and and as I started seeing what the progression was being with the mm-hmm. FDA, I said, I might as well continue to buy this tobacco in 2016, 2017, and now 2018 to keep this blend consistent. Um, because I'm not going to be able to do a whole bunch of new releases. So uh, Naveta was born out of that. So Naveta is a shuttle in Italian, guys. It uh, it's obviously comes from my time at NASA. That's why when you see the cigar, there's something very unique about the blend. It's got like a little tiny rocket at the very mm-hmm. tip of the cigar and uh, right on the side of the blend as well. So it is one of those cigars that I, uh, that I had launched to basically commemorate the men and women of the space shuttle program. And so I made the box look like a space shuttle tile, which mm. protects the orbiter and reentry. As you see, the box has this uh, sort of mate look. And when you look at the inside vista of the box, this is sort of the uh, thermal protection system that protects the orbiter and reentry. It basically protects my boxes and travel all the way to Colorado, <laughs> so that's that was the that was the use of it. But I made it even more unique. Like I put a specific shuttle assigned to them to each particular box. Like this is the Naveta uh, Robusto Discovery, um, and it has like a numbering system in the front. So I geeked out a little bit on this blend, but the blend is incredible.
2: It is a great um, cigar. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and then the Inverso. To like uh, to change up the blend,
3: well, change well, kind of change up the kind It Kind of stays the same it, too. Kind of right? stays what is the same. How does that
2: go? But
1: different. Easiest cigar I've ever done. Easiest cigar I've ever done. I knew already. Had <laughs> it's a like great inside
2: tobacco. out. That's like yeah. uh, it's like inception. I literally inverse
1: all lot of tobaccos, and I sort of got it came out of just like an idea. Of the factor. It's like, why don't we just why don't we utilize the wrapper and put it on the binder? I mean, it's such a great cigar. Let's, let's put the binder and the filler. Figure out what we do with the with the wrapper. Uh, let's get a tobacco that's from a similar region or whatnot, and let's see what we get. And I swear to God, man, it's been the easiest one I've ever done, and one that I've been getting the most amount of rave reviews. We we heighten up a little bit on the strength. We did some modifications to make it a little bit stronger because we wanted to be. We wanted the cigar to have an entirely different profile. I consider the Navetta sort of like a Pinot Noir versus the Inverse. So I consider it more like a big, heavy Bordeaux, you mm. know, big, heavy Cabernet. So yeah, they're I'm like known. cousins.
3: That's what I realized. I've smoked both, and it's like how you could realize a similar character but a totally different profile.
1: But, but Jack, all we did was the tobacco's, man. I'm like, "Holy shit. This isn't rocket science." all you got to do is <laughs> oh, wow, tobacco. That's what you, you, sh- put the wrapper in you the should put that in the filler filler in the wrapper. That's it's your over. ad right there.
3: It's not rocket science. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Right. <laughs> exactly right. Um, so very very
2: unique. Yeah, that's I don't know if I've ever seen any company do something quite like that before. Um, what what can you tell us changes when you just flip them like that? What's the difference?
1: everything i mean the composition the burn the the flavor profile the notes on the front the, you know um, everything changes because when you do a blend guys you're looking into you know what are you going to experience on the first third what are you going to experience so the middle part of the cigar what how how is that going to transition towards the back what's the aroma like what's the burn like what is the is is, is is the is the wrapper and the binder getting along or not i mean there's a lot of different things that happen with this um, but for me, man, it really was. We had great tobaccos. I think at the end of the day, man, um, you know, you, you definitely have to have the right blend. There's no question about that.
2: What, what, role, you do you, what, what role do you play, Omar, in the stuff. blending? How, how do you do that? Do you, you go down there and hang out at a Hoya and and just uh, spend some time tasting blends? Man. How does that work for you?
1: That's the, that's the most fun I've had. Outside of traveling, that is the most fun I have. I go down to the factory. I spend a week, and I sort of... I, you know they give me they, they 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 give me full reign, man. I mean that's the, that's the aspect about Hoya Nicaragua that I think is so unique, is that uh, they embrace me as as one of their own. Not only because I think they want me to play in their national team, but <laughs> I, uh, I think it also has to do with the fact that they like me and uh, and it works out pretty good. So there,
2: there is there is a basketball court at uh, Drew Estate's yeah, at, there uh, factory They're right right outside the uh, little hospital there. In so.
1: Hoya, in Hoya, too. They have one too. Oh, I yeah, didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. see yeah, that. I
2: didn't incident, no. We we were going to challenge uh, we were going to challenge them to basketball, but then we decided, "Hey, let's challenge them to hockey instead."
3: Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, we've got a we've got a couple questions coming in. Uh, a couple people want to know what's next for Fratello. And somebody said they already have a great name for the if you do a third cigar in the Spacio series, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. They said the next <laughs> one's got to be called GS15. <laughs> oh, oh, I bet. like that. That's the next one. I like to like that. talk that's about, that's I mean, leak or say what's what's coming up? He's writing it down. Boom! <laughs> it's in the movie. Boom! Cool, wrote it down! <laughs> what's, what's coming up next for you guys? What do you got planned? So,
1: um, this has been an incredible year. We, uh, we hired uh, uh, Sam, which is uh, has been on board for a uh, couple of months already. Is the new uh, director of sales for Mid-Atlantic. That's a big step for a small manufacturer like myself because um, when you're looking at, uh, at making strides in this industry, it's very tough, man. Um, you know, a lot of people usually go through the broker route and have gone through that route as well. Not that I'm opposed to it or anything like that, but um, I figure like we need to hire somebody who full time that can develop a particular region and hopefully get to grow it. Right. So that's what we did. We, we, we started, you know, putting the putting in the groundwork, putting in the uh, efforts. So now he's uh, he's going to be handling the mid-Atlantic. So it gives me a little more leeway. To travel to more destinations across the US and do Mm. more shows for Imperfect Pairings. Mm. So that's something that I'm really really super. Let us know next time
3: you come to Denver. We got an imperfect pairing and a live show. Boom.
2: Books.
1: (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Boom. Let's do it.
2: Season two Imperfect Pairings. We got you. So,
1: (laughs) So it's uh so we're doing a lot of that. I mean we uh we've grown, we're now four people strong, and now we uh we're looking to see uh the next steps for Fratello in 2019 are gonna be the development of this show and getting it on the road. Um, it's going to be the, the development of some new SKUs, not something too departed from what we're already doing, mm. but something to sort of double down. As you know, guys, I'm not the kind of manufacturer that just launches a whole bunch of cigars, no. throw them up in the air and says, oh, that one stuck, let's go with that. You know what I mean? I, I spend time, passion, uh, developing a blend and developing the marketing and the branding behind it that um, that if if it's sold the first time, it's going to continue to sell. So. So that's what we're looking we're looking to double down on our strengths uh and uh and potentially weed out some of the weaknesses and things that we've struggled with in the past.
3: Well and you have a new release plan the GS15 for ABCP <laughs> which, which is really exciting. We're excited to announce that on the show <laughs> Coops watching it's over, so baby. It's over Coop,
2: now. coop. We'll you can't you can't break this coop that's our scoop. Now yeah, we'll Omar like you have the uh the DMV series which is from the uh, La Aurora factory. That's so uh, Working with a different factory, uh, talk a little bit about that project,
1: man. Eric, I went crazy with this project. So this is a this was my baby. This was something I uh, I, I launch uh, a project every so often that sort of gives me pride and pleasure, and uh, and and that was the DMV. I launched 800 boxes, man, and I sold 800 like that. It was only to roughly about 20 25 shops in the DC Maryland Virginia, and it was a blend that can only be bought and purchased in dc maryland and virginia and delaware so um it's uh maryland gave me my first order it was a shop out called uh, fader's tobacconist um that unfortunately now is out of business but um they uh they 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 were one of the oldest tobacconists in the united states it was around since 1886 so we did that um they gave me the, my first shop. my first event was a draper's tobacconist in washington dc mm. And my business is based out of Virginia. There you go. Why not do something for my You didn't even have to get into a plane for that one. (laughs) That's
3: right. You're just trying to avoid getting in a plane. That's that's your business model now.
1: (laughs) Very true. Very true.
3: So um, we want to do – we had one question about it, and I asked you about it before the show. NASA guy – Let's go through some conspiracy theories one by one. So I want yes. to start with the moon landing was filmed. We never have been to the moon. Na- o- official NASA response. Bullshit. Go. Stanley Kubrick, right? <laughs> Kubrick. Talk about Stanley Kubrick, his influence on the moon landing. Let's debunk it right now. Omar, official NASA reply. Go.
2: What's your, what's your number one argument if somebody said, hey, we've never been to the moon?
1: Explain to me the moon rocks.
2: Mm,
3: Okay. boom, let's do let's just quick hitters on this one because they they
2: came from Arizona. Okay. the earth (laughs) busted, the earth (laughs) is flat,
3: (laughs) the earth is flat. flat. Boom, official NASA response. Go.
1: So, no, I mean,
3: (laughs) no, (laughs) no, it's not. (laughs) Okay. number three. All right. And this one's a bit of a reach and this is not even on the dojo. This is something I've thought a lot about. Oh, geez. If the sun is hot, why is space cold? <laughs> you get closer to the you get closer to the sun and you get
1: colder. I don't know. That's why Se- we exist <laughs> seems kind of fishy to me. <laughs> <laughs> Official response: We know what's funny is we only know three percent of the universe. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. We all know the only thing we know and understand is matter, and so because we only understand and know three percent. There's ninety seven percent this has been an official mass position that we have no idea what the hell is out there. We have so, no clue. I NASA might not no be idea. wrong on that one. Budget,
2: Ironically we this, only know three percent about Jack's brain. Three percent of my brain. Outside yeah. from
1: some of the basic man, you know, physics laws, but in the, in the 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 intricacies of, of of our universe and the intricacies of what we do, like my budget, I used to manage the budget for science at NASA. It was a ten, it's a five billion dollar budget. We accounted for ten percent of all the science done in the world, ten percent of all the science done in the world. With five billion
3: dollars. Did you get to control your own salary with that? You are like, <laughs> all right, you guys, twenty I mean, percent of that's would, going would, to daddy. The rest <laughs> of you
1: guys can make do. <laughs> okay. But guys, I mean, there is so much that we don't know, <laughs> and so that we. Think about it. We only know three percent, and ninety-seven percent we have no idea what's out. there. You know what's crazy? So there, you know- there, there are a lot of unknowns, and we're trying to figure out every single
2: day. Omar, you know what's crazy is we sort of have a little connection you don't even realize. Is back in the day, my father, who has since passed away, he was one of the guys back in the day that worked for Martin Marietta. That like when when you know nowadays they use like computer models and all this sort of stuff, uh, but back in the day. When like uh, they were like hey let's let 's build a space shuttle what what might it yeah. look like?" My dad was the guy who illustrated the uh, the the drawings mm. for NASA that showed them what a space shuttle might look like, and I have like all of his original drawings they're amazing like he drew you like a, yeah, he drew like the original like uh, Viking Lander. He drew. They also
3: had some weirder ideas. Like, yeah. Well, what if like there like was just like a really tall car? That, that, that wasn't like the Homer Simpson. No, car. no, no.
2: That wasn't that wasn't Dad. That was the guy. Like the engineers would come to him and say, "What? I know. What if? What if like to get around on the moon we had a giant motorcycle? And like he that would have to drew, cool. He would have to they draw. Ju- they draw just it.
3: come. They just come into office still hungover. Like, all right, yeah. Here's what I'm thinking.
2: But what's cool oh, is who
3: did your dad work for? He, he you, worked for Martin Marietta.
2: Yeah, Martin Marietta yeah way back yeah, in the day, it's and very cool yeah, it's super cool to see like the old draw- the original drawings of the space shuttle because they're kind of yeah. similar you know to what it ended up being eventually
1: but right.
2: um by you know what what I'm trying to say here is the earth really is round okay Jack. this is one it of really your passions is. the earth, yes, is. The earth okay. really
3: is round, And then I want to get into one more thing, <laughs> not space related ah well, tell us what you're drinking first of all because you mentioned your love for
1: inviting I I love alcohol. Suntori. Oh, okay. What's your, what are your thoughts? Japanese whiskey. How do you very like that? Smooth. You know, I've, I've never, I've never dabbled. I'm. I, mean, I, I got to be honest. I, I've always been a very heavy Scotch drinker. I've never. But it's dabbled. similar,
3: right? Japanese whiskey isn't it kind of Scotch style? It does,
1: man. That's what's uni- That's what's so unique about these, uh, about the Japanese. And, I, and you know, it's good and bad because it doesn't. To me, doesn't have their own identity. Mm. I don't feel. I think it's a great whiskey, um, and and it's got a lot of flavor. It's got a good balance, got a good nose to it, very very smooth on the palate. Um, but it does have a lot of similarities. You know what I mean? It, it, to me, and so uh, so I fail to uh, to to really recognize this from being a, a true bones Scotch to being a Japanese whiskey. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell one hundred percent between something like bourbon and whiskey, um, but but it's to me it's much harder to identify. But I'm enjoying the hell out of it.
2: Say Omar, we get this question every single week on the show, so I'm just gonna ask it to you. If you bumped into somebody on the street that had never smoked a Fratello cigar before, and you were like, "Okay, I gotta like hook this guy. I gotta give him the Fratello cigar that matters the most." What would you give him? What would you hand that person to introduce him to your brand? Original for owner Wow! Mm. Really? Okay. Yes. Immediately,
1: I would go to that. It's uh, I, I fell in love. I think I have two things, two reasons I, I give that would give that cigars. I think it's. I think that cigar. It's epitome, the epitome of balance, flavor, strength, uh, nuances, ups and downs, balances on that particular blend, and uh, especially on the Corona sizes where mm. I think the the blend is highlighted uh, the most. And then I have another one, which is the Fratello Bianco. It's a little tiny event exclusive that I did. Mm-hmm. I did it only for me. The only reason I did that cigar is because it's a 5x44 Corona that it would take me 45 minutes to smoke. So I would take it to inside a shop, and I knew that by the time I was done with that cigar, it was time to go. So I do not have to look at the watch or anything like that. I would just smoke it, but I loved it. Um, and so for me, I, felt, I fell in love with all of my blends. I do smoke sporadically I go into positions where I smoke the Corona every single day, and all of a sudden, I go to the Inverso Robusto, and I'm smoking the hell out of the Inverso Robustos. At one point, I, I released a little boxer series where I had a little one boxerito, which is a box press, a mm. uh, little tiny box press, uh, four and three quarters by forty-four. And um, I got—I you know, probably broke through about forty-five boxes. I should have just literally <laughs> produced a damn cigar instead of breaking through my own boxes. Was this, of this, yeah, blend, was this, was this all, just a, <laughs> was this all just a ruse? Was this all just
3: a ruse so you could smoke more? This whole cigar—I <laughs> like, gotta test these blends. Uh, twist fire. Somebody's gotta, I gotta
1: figure out what's going on.
3: <laughs> so this is my last question before we get into the weekly top five. You've been doing some crazy steak stuff recently. Just talk about steak for like Jack. I was looking at his Facebook page
2: today. I, I, I was getting meat sweats. I was. You've been just doing some lo- stuff. You're the, the, scrolling the hum, through his hormone, Facebook and I even, page.
3: You you were slicing some hamon, and I I felt an
1: almost erotic sensation. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. say how I felt about, but that was insane. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, I I have an obsession with meat, man. I do. I love I love beef, man, and I I am. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I love cooking it. I love. I, I, it took me, and I want to say this quite honestly. It took me over six, seven months to figure out what my own personal hobo was going to be, where I would balance out my the salt with the right, right with the right amount of pepper that I would need for my own personal hobo, the amount of uh, onion powder versus the amount of uh, of, uh, of, of, of white pepper mm. that I would do, and then make sure how much up and down. Like it took me. Months just to get you don't do anything you don't really out. half-ass anything do you Omar? no 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 <laughs> <ain't> no <nobody> half-ass <laughs> over here six months As you <laughs> see, I'm not that smart but it took using me a like while rocket to fuel to down. cook it like
3: <laughs> you sent so, it into orbit so, to... what are
1: the, so for beef man for meats I started getting down into okay so this is the cut from this where they go to beef yeah talk about uh, what's I your perfect steak in. you get the perfect cut what is the cut and how do you cook it. So for me, uh, the perfect cut is it depends on where I'm making. So for me, if I'm making a cut inside in my skillet or if I'm grilling it outside, the perfect cut for me would be a lesser marbled ribeye or a uh, New York strip. Why
2: a lesser so marbled? Used... Why lesser marbled? Because it burns
1: through much through the, through the beef and it transfers into the meat. And so I try to, when I do it on my skillet, I try to be very careful about the amount of uh, of fat that it has because that fat, if it burns too much, depending on the amount of time that you leave it there, to me, it leaves it leaves some residues of burn inside the beef that I don't appreciate. So, I tend to I tend to utilize uh, uh, the the grilling in a different way. But I mean, I still do it in the in, in the, in, the in, uh, in with my home process at home, and I put it inside the oven at a particular amount of time that I know because of the amount of inches that that particular beef has. If it has two and a half, then I put it at a particular five and a half minutes because I don't do anything about. This gets me meat. going. I gotta tell you, this gets me this gets me fired up. This is like talking right. about football for me. No, this is it, man. I gave it one to Sam the other day and I told him it's like, man, listen, man, you're in the inner circle. I about- saw that
3: I saw that <laughs> I saw that post you said. He said, look, you you don't just get you don't just get don't. one of these.
1: You don't. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. It's like a bust so in the Hall of Fame, it, yeah. He was like well, Smokes, man. This is fantastic. So I spend my time with that. I do the same with my uh, with my jamón. I was I, uh, I enjoy buying jamón. I uh, have jamón ibérico the bellota that I have. I have jamón serrano that I really really enjoy. So I buy the whole. The whole hammond and I've I've learned how to cut it the right way and all that stuff. So there's a there's a there's a method to the
3: Where did our invite over for steak night get lost in the mail? Yeah, what happened to that? I don't. I'm over there right now. I, uh, let's do it. all right. <laughs> He's writing it down, so that we, means it's happening. If he we, writes, if he gets the pen,
1: invite, baby. If, I'm <laughs> it if he gets
3: the pen out, that means it's official. Live show with this, you know. That's yeah, live night. show. That's a legally binding
2: contract yeah. right there. <laughs> all right, Jack. Are you ready for this? Is this is it time that we do the I weekly top Beyond. There's just been so many things I'm getting excited about. We've got to do the weekly top five. Jack, this, this topic we've covered so many times on the show, but just lightly. <laughs> we've it's dipped our toes we in we the pool. We just dipped our toes in the water. I'm trying to backstroke in this topic. And so tonight we're going to like officially dive in because we have one of the guys that always comes up when we talk about this topic. So, folks, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the weekly top five. Because tonight's Ooh, weekly is this the top five. This is the sexy background Can we music. We
3: get a quick sexy cam just for the just for the people.
2: Yeah, this the, the uh, here we go. Um, tonight's weekly top five is the top five cigar personalities that you would least want to face in a no holds barred cage match. Let's <laughs> <What's, what's laughs> no holds into bar- it? No, no holds. So like obviously, first off, we have we have our guest we have our guest Omar. So let's let's show let's yeah, show this. Omar
3: in this picture. Uh, you can't see it because you were skyping, but it looks like you're from a different planet than the other people <laughs> in the picture.
2: You you literally are dwarfing. <laughs>
3: you're like uh, at least a foot and a half to two feet taller <laughs> than everybody in the picture. I, I think
2: Jack of all the times we've done this topic, one guy has always been in it and that's Omar. Yeah. yeah they're like, well, Omar from <laughs> oh, ah, Yeah, When oh, there's tall guys we, in the we, cigar industry, but nobody nothing.
1: I'm like our no this.
3: Yeah, like nobody Ardell. nobody's nobody's like, well you don't want to mess with Terrence Riley. Never say a bad <laughs> word about Terrence Riley, but nobody brings him up.
2: We've we've, <laughs> we've asked everybody, right? We've asked all the all the cigar guys. So so we're gonna give our top five Omar is one this is in no particular order, but guys if you're watching on Facebook right now Go ahead and give your thoughts and opinions on these. And Eric found found the
3: like the baddest picture of everybody. Yeah, life. Like exactly. Picture the picture it look like you'd want to fight them at least.
2: So if you have other suggestions, but our next one is uh, Willie Herrera. Willie, boom, check that out. I mean,
3: Willie just looks like he's been in a, like several scraps in his life, but he doesn't and talk about it. <laughs> he's a
2: he might not be as big as Omar, but he's a pretty big guy. I he's mean, an intimidating, and
3: he's got like that look to him. He's so serious well, all the he's, time. V-
2: he's very soft spoken, which makes you think
3: that like he knows what he's. Doing.
2: Right, like sometimes it's the soft-spoken guys that are the, you it's know, the, just, the It's the quiet. It's quiet what What are your thoughts on Willie? Do you think if you were in a, a cage with Willie Omar, how how would that go down? That would be that would be tough, man. <laughs> we both
1: we uh, we're both very competitive guys. He's Cuban. I'm Dominican. <laughs> so there's like a little there's, there's some old school rivalries from the
3: U20 days.
1: That's right, that's right. He's like, oh man, you Cubans kicked our butt, man, in that 18 match. <laughs> so, uh, so you gotta to do, do it, it's for country at that point.
2: Philly. It's
3: national pride at
1: that
2: point. Now this <laughs> next one, Jack, I don't think we've ever had in the top five. This was a new entry, but it makes a lot of sense. But it makes a lot of sense. Robert Holt... From Southern Draw, he's a he's a military guy. He's military got some guy history. Through and through. Some and, s-
3: some sort of like
2: secret history and, that people don't yeah, talk about. And
3: and he's he's a guy that is so, you know, God and country and family based that like he's not fighting for him. It's like at, Rocky Balboa. Like he's got people behind <laughs> he's, he's not fighting for <laughs> I'm he's not fighting, fighting for Billy. Maybe. Yeah, he's not I'm not fighting for me. I'm fighting for all the people in my corner.
2: Yeah, Rob I think Robert Holt could be could be a handful in a cage. For sure, that's
1: a weird way to say it, but yeah. I agree. you know what? War- you know what would be tough about Robert is yeah. with the fact that man, man, this man is a believer, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got, got a believer, in the, in he's, in got, the, in the, he's got he's got JC on his side. Holy God!
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta right. Be careful
1: with that gentleman right there. You
3: might get struck by lightning just mid-round. Exactly. All right,
2: here's here's one for you, Omar. That uh, that sh- t- seems to show up in our list quite a bit. Yes, uh, Dean Parsons from Epic <laughs> Cigars. Mm.
3: See, here's the thing. A lot of people, well, he's buff as hell. And he used to post all his, like, he'd be like, I ran 64 miles this morning and using my Nike Go Run app.
2: And the dude played major juniors in Canada in hockey. So you know that he was yeah. he
3: was fighting for, like, that.
2: And he's, he's told me, like, you know, there was times when he was, like, the guy that had to go out and, like, fight the other team's fighters. Like, dude, go. You, Ooh. it's you. Go out there. And so finally, uh, so that's four of them. The final one, this one... This one is one I always throw in there because Eric Espinoza. Here's the thing with Eric Espinoza: he's not, he's not big. He's not big. Cuban, bro,
3: bro, bro, bro. Right, bro. bro?
2: But this dude, he's He's scrappy. He's street. He's street smart, and he knows
3: street smart. Super competitive. Super. You just know that he fights dirty. There's no way (laughs) that he
1: steps in. No, he's
3: not touching your gloves. No,
1: he's not. He's gonna. He's gonna you into the dirt you know who might be in that list too greg yeah. matola i'm oh. aficionado Oh, I'm
2: really okay. Prepared. See that? I like that. See, that's the one we haven't had in there. No. Yeah. So out of these, somebody somebody, f-
3: said, somebody said Kyle Gillis has like a Shaolin monk look. Uh,
2: I don't know. I Kyle Gillis, the, <laughs> the easiest to beat up in the <laughs> entire industry, probably. <laughs> Kyle no, Gillis is no, no, not. No. If Omar. Out he, out Kyle Gillis could get stuck in Omar's cheeks. nice yeah. <laughs> <in his> butt <laughs> oh. cheeks. I mean, we might.
3: Not, he might not <laughs> yeah, if, if Kyle's <laughs> sitting in the middle <laughs> seat, Omar might not even realize it just <laughs> sit on him. Be flossy.
2: I don't. I don't see i mean i love kyle but i don't see i i don't but omar out of out of those guys out of those four robert holtz dean parsons willie herrera eric espinoza who would you least want to face in a no holds barred cage match Espinosa. See? Right? Eric Espinosa. Eric fights with prison rules. There's no way he's like pulls a shank out. He's got too much. He will come
1: at me and he'd be like, all right, listen, bro, bro. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. He's see that's what I mean. He's he's got the scrappiness. He's got the uh, the like Jack said, he doesn't play by any rules. No. And and Jack, when we played him at Cornhole, like the the first hour we thought, God, this guy sucks. Never lost again. And they never lost again. The guy, He finds <laughs> a way. See, that's the thing. Is he finds a way. He's
3: also got the Rocky Balboa vibe because mm-hmm. he just survives the first few rounds. <laughs> and then it's like, he's, a, he's not human. Like, you can't you couldn't beat him. <laughs> I bet Erika Espinoza could take a punch. Like, you wouldn't believe it. Somebody also said
2: Robert Caldwell. What do you guys think? Robert Now, he's big. And he's, he's tall, He's man. tall. He's, he's a little lanky. Well, I, I don't know. Nah, I don't, I, I, maybe don't.
3: like in like a kickboxing sense. Like Matt I, Matt
2: Booth was a Marine. I mean, you know, you know who know? I don't want yeah, to take yeah, for yeah.
1: sure. Antonio
2: freaking Gomez. Hey, mm. he's a big guy. Dude, this guy,
1: man, he's been practicing his punching. He's been doing it. He's look been at practicing his, media, his man, punching. Man, mm. This guy's a this bo- boxing in the Dominican Republic. Yes.
2: All right. So now <laughs> we've got another one. Yes, yeah, another one. You got to look
1: him up. Look up his <laughs> feet, you will see this guy is. That is his practice, is to box against guys. So what would be
2: your strategy team. in the ring, Omar? What, what would you, would you just try to like just like envelop build? the guy and just fall on him and pound I'm him? I'm a or?
1: strategic guy, man. I'm a strategic guy. Yeah, he's doing would, his research. Look in and see where he's gonna hit me. Huh? I gotta keep my shoulders low, you know. <laughs> figure out a way where he's gonna if he's gonna hit me, I gotta figure out and then just like brawl it up, you know what I mean, and get so, him down. The so you're as as you're, as you're,
2: as you're the, the type you to, to the type to think point. about it first, like just kind of just try to judge what the other guy's gonna do and then. Yes. And then make your move. It's Oma, all about strategy. I think that
3: we asked you this question in like 2014 at uh, Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, and you told us a story. You said actually crazy thing he said i'm not really a fighter but there was this one time oh, i was God. in an elevator <laughs> can you can you tell the
2: people about this Dude, specific is, experience is it, is it even legal to tell the story yeah can this you this is the
1: first time i'm ever actually officially this is the,
2: <laughs> you're breaking news i love
1: you guys i'm breaking up, I'm breaking up. <laughs> so um okay so this is the first time i've officially ever ever actually said this that's what we want out loud so um uh, so this was back this was uh back in my NASA days and it was 2014, I think it was, or yeah, it was two thousand and fourteen, almost getting into two thousand and fifteen, like that August. So I am getting into the elevator, I'm going into um I'm going to Pentagon City, I'm getting out of NASA. This is about twelve noon. And um, It's noon. It's noon. Yeah, it's, I always thought this was like a like a jumping a story. <laughs> I live in suburbia, Washington, okay? So it's noon. It's normal. I'm going to the Pentagon City Mall, and I'm trying to get something resized and whatnot. So I'm going. I'm getting into the elevator, um, and I get down to the metro, and metro, D.C. is mallow, okay? Very, very bad. <laughs> Everything that you can think of that bad happens, it happens in Washington, D.C. metro station, okay? Okay. So I get into Font Place and I start riding, and there's a kids this this group of like five punks. There's nothing all <laughs> the way to describe these five guys. They're just five punks. And they're touching people's heads and they're hitting them in the back of the head. And people are like, ah oh, ha ha and people making fun of people and look at this guy, he's such a fool. And so they're making fun and they're touching people.
3: Well him you're and wearing it. a full suit, right? You're like am, you're like NASA, NASA legit. Left NASA.
1: I got a NASA pin on the side <laughs> over here. I got my tie. I got the whole I mean it's literally I'm in a mess suit. I'm getting out so I can come back real quick, drop off what I need to drop off, and come back, and come back to uh, work. So, uh, and, oh, and by the way, I had uh, one of my biggest meetings around 2.30 that oh, afternoon after this whole thing happened. 2.30 was one of my largest meetings, and I still held it, but I'm going to tell you what happened after that. So, I get into the metro, and I'm thinking to myself, God not this group of punks. Just wash my <laughs> head, cause I'm not going to react very well. So I'm literally praying at this moment, and I'm sitting there. I'm just watching my phone, but they've been duck- knocking people's phones off. So I'm, but, I, but I'm, I'm there. I'm not going to get bullied. I'm just going to use my phone, and then the doors open, and everybody gets out. So I said, God, thank you, God. We're just going to walk out. So I walk out. And all these punks start following, right? And they're making come. Oh, look at that tall dude. And I like, God, <laughs> as long as they don't touch me, I'm good. <laughs> Let me just get to where I need to go and come back. And then I get to the elevator. And the elevator, so so the escalators, it's broken. And so there's a huge line trying to get into the mall. The only way to get up is through an elevator. So I'm doing my line, and everybody's just sitting there. Everybody's waiting, but the guys are all the way in the back, and they're making fun, and they're doing all these punky things. And I'm thinking, God. Let me just get into the elevator <laughs> so I can get away from these human beings. Get into the elevator, and then they start messing with the elevator. Then they start putting in their hands. Oh, we're not gonna let the They're elevator go up. They're testing ha, ha, ha. Then they start opening it. These like guys that. are asking
2: for it. At
1: one point, I lost my hot damn mind, man, and I said, <laughs> "Can I? Can I? Can I curse in this show? I cannot curse on this you, show." No, go for you it. Say whatever you say. Whatever. Would you let the fucking door go? <laughs> and the guy, one of the guys, looks at me and says. Would you say to me, motherfucker? And he <laughs> lifts up his hands like that. And I'm, I'm at this moment, I noticed what I just did. I just told one guy that has another four people in the back, would you shut that? Would you let that fucking door go up? <laughs> you just let it close so that I can get over to where I need to go. So at this point, I'm like touching the, the button so I can close it. But I tell the guy in a very serious manner, you don't want to do that. But I'm like literally like <laughs> over here just trying to close the door. The guy literally, because I'm so tall, the guy is probably about five foot nine, five foot ten, or something like that, maybe a little bit taller. He goes over, he reaches for me. I'm
3: 36 years old, bro.
1: so the guy reaches and I literally just clocked it. boom, and then it was mayhem. And two other dudes try to get in, crying people. There was blood in the floor, People, jewelry going flying by, women yelling in the floor. I'm swinging like he's going out of business. Then one guy, something tells me, he's like the most thing that Omar, someone's going to clock you. There's no way you can beat this guy up, and someone's not going to clock you from right here. So I have a feeling that somebody, as I'm literally going at it with these two dudes, one guy is literally coming from the left with his line, and I look over. And I see him coming over. Have you seen the fight, the fight with Pacquiao? Where Pacquiao got his ass over, like, knocked yeah. over. I saw him come over. I just, bam, I hit him <laughs> right in the face. The guy goes back. And then they start literally, let's get
0: the hell out of the police.
1: <laughs> the police is coming. And so then they start yelling, why don't you come out here? Why don't you come out here? Are so, you crazy? Oh my God, I'm going to close this door. So... First time I've ever officially told a story. I like, <laughs> Actually, end up regretting it. But hey, what the hell, man? We're at the dojo, so it's all worth it. there,
2: there. There could be like, uh, there could be law enforcement. Like, just well, like this uh, has got to be a chapter in
3: like your your book. Like, uh, this yeah, is. Just... Yeah. I mean,
2: this is. <laughs> This is the best it thing is. I've heard in, in, in ever, ages on, on any smoke <laughs> I've I mean, right here. This I is, was, well, dude, and I was then upstairs. I'm sure your suit, your suit told was the guys,
1: looking like. Listen, man. I mean, my my hands were bloody. My my pants were ripped up. My entire pants, like the entire seam of my pants, Were ripped <laughs> up. So you know, the one of those dudes was trying. To, was so he was going down. Was like screeching it with one of his <laughs> It was a disaster. What
2: was it, was it like disaster. when you got into the meeting? You
1: know. Yeah, like... I was, uh... Oh, I told him the story, and it was funny <laughs>
2: it was tough. It was tough. It was like, yeah, I just killed five guys in the elevator. <laughs> yeah. that
3: that is what cemented you on the list. For it. we were like, well, we've been we've been talking about the K and you told us
2: that story and we're like,
3: yeah, you're on the list. <laughs> you made the top five. Top, top five. Top five. <laughs> weekly,
2: weekly top five. Now, Omar, uh, uh, we got to thank you so much for taking the time on a on a Friday night to be with us. We've been trying to get you on the show for a long time, but you know, schedules and such. Um, but we're really excited. Uh, especially about the Inverso, it's a really cool project. I think folks are going to like it. If you're watching the show, uh, p- try the. I Nive- think we're going to drop a try uh, the Navetta first, and we're going to drop the,
3: an Inverso review here. Yeah, the Inverso. Handsome re- young man is writing it. That the I know. Inverso review is coming
2: it. up, but but if you're watching the show, get your hands on a Nevetta first, and then try the Inverso because it's just a flipped blend. It's like the inside out blend of that, which is completely unique, and so we're we're excited. For that review to drop, but we're, we're really thankful that you were able to join well, us. Also,
3: Imperfect Pairings be, drops right. next week. Omar, right. uh, tell people how to find you on the internet, how to watch Imperfect Pairings, where to buy
1: your stuff. So, uh, so guys, you can go to our website at uh, fratellocigar.com and uh, and get a little bit of information of uh, basically who we are and uh, and where we're placed so you can find the closest retailer to you. Uh, we, uh, we have a gigantic presence of over 800 retailers nationwide that are carrying Fratello. So, um, there's no way uh, or no reason why you shouldn't be able to get your hands on one of them. Just Google Fratellosigars.com and it'll pop up real quick. Uh, for Imperfect Pairings, I can't wait to drop that first video so you guys can see it. The preview is going to be out next week so you guys mm-hmm. can start getting ready for the show. Um, and it's going to be quite, quite impressive. So I do also want to say thank you, Eric, and thank you, Jack, for the, uh, for taking the time, man, to uh, to have me on the show. Hopefully it's not the last time. And, no, uh, not at so all. we time we couple. next time.
3: Next time we're, we're going to uh, be yeah, doing it time. Eating steak. I think maybe. We,
0: yeah, that's, we gotta, right. that's right.
2: <laughs> it's gotta be an in person thing next time. We oh, gotta, absolutely. We'll either get him in studio or go to where he's absolutely. at. Absolutely. Let's do it. And dude, that would be amazing. So uh uh for, uh don't go away Omar I wanna talk to you after the show. But guys, if you're watching, obviously it's Friday night. It's um Friday it's just night getting hurt, Jack. started. We're just we're just getting going. So we'll do some now playing. We might
3: even hacky sack. My, yeah, might we've hacky. been starting to hacky sack. Uh,
2: yeah, we'll get get ourselves in shape, do a little hacky sack later. But but uh, next week uh, it'll be me and Jordan. Jacks will be out of town. We're gonna be doing the Bourbon Show, so make sure to watch for that. And then pretty soon, like s- as soon as like the the end of the year happens, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll be getting closer to our big end of the year show sure, with, sure, with sure, the top sure. ten list. So that'll be exciting. But until then, remember: never Nana smoke, smoke alone. alone. We will see you guys on the dojo.
3: And next week. And next week. We'll see you guys when we see you. All the time, really.
0: Hey, my friends. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you check out all the amazing features we offer at JRcigars.com. Join our JR Plus and get free shipping and exclusive offers for an entire year at one great price. Subscribe to our Cigar the Month Club, and we'll send you five premium cigars each month, plus a sixth one if you're a JR Plus member. Lastly, download our Beat the Dealer app or play the brand new desktop version featuring a brand new slot game. You can win cigars and other great prizes while also taking advantage of exclusive daily deals. Experience all this and more at JR Cigar, the world's largest cigar store, just a click away.